0: I'ma go on a limb and assume you had at least one meeting in your entire career. Were you happy, participated actively, or did you feel like it was a waste of time? For you and more people? Let's talk about that. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, José Mota. Last week I had the chance to visit my fellow colleagues at headquarters. I usually go there like twice a year. So it's really important that I take time to invest in a proper agenda before I go. In this particular instance, I was invited to give a presentation, but I also wanted to do more than just a presentation. I wanted to talk to people and gather feedback on how their situation around soft skills and behavioral skills are. I wanted to get to know how teams behave and how they solve issues related with people and their management. One of the many different pieces of feedback that I got was around meetings people don't usually relate too much about them. And I can relate to that. There's so many circumstances where meetings are just non-productive. I mean, absolutely zero. Is there a chance that we can turn this around? Well, I like to think so. There's a lot of good feedback around it. And I would like to share some of these insights with you today. I think that the worst offender about the concept of meetings is a lack of purpose. I mean, people schedule meetings for everything, even if it's a one-on-one. And don't get me wrong, one-on-ones are great, but if it doesn't have a particular objective, then it's probably best to schedule a lunch or something. At least you get to do something productive. In any case, hosting a proper meeting takes an objective, a really purposeful agenda with one or more topics. It doesn't have to be a single one, although I think it might be better if it is so. But that is not always the case. And it's probably best to gather a bunch of topics around, gather to specific people, and resolve those issues. So I think that a good meeting requires three different stages, before the meeting, during the meeting itself, and afterwards. Preparation is the first one and probably the most important one because if there's a chance that you don't need the meeting, you should be brutally honest with yourself. Do you really need that meeting to occur? Do you really need to spend your colleagues' time and productivity just to be around you and ask a question? If there's a chance that it's not really necessary, then call it off. There's no need for it. Maybe an email would suffice. Picture my situation, for example. I had to go to the headquarters. I already had one topic in the agenda, so I had a justification to meet my colleagues, to give that presentation, but I wanted to spend the remainder of the time that I was there in a more productive fashion. So I thought to myself, what can I discuss with my colleagues before leaving? Is there anything that I left over the course of six months that I could talk to them and engage in meaningful active discourse? I found some questions that I wanted to ask them and have meaningful conversations with them. I wouldn't spend more than 15 minutes with each one. So I carefully thought about what questions they were and if there was enough conversation for 15 minutes. And that's what I did. I think it's important not only to assess how much time you need with each person, but how you're gonna use the time. Ask meaningful questions, at least prepare them beforehand. The second stage is the execution, the actual meeting. Make sure everyone is on time, send reminders before everything else, and when you're there, make an effort to focus on the agenda. You should know better than to leave your colleagues without the agenda sent in beforehand, preferably one or two days before. I mean if it's a really one-off meeting with maybe five to ten minutes, then one or two hours is sufficient as a simple reminder with the agenda time and place to hold the meeting. Now when you're actually in the meeting, even if it's more informal, always always recall the agenda and focus on each item very directly put the question on the table one at a time and answer that question directly if there are any decisions that need to be made you better make them now if you're uncomfortable with making the decision at the time defer it away for another time it's not important to make the decision if you're uncomfortable with it might cost you a lot of time and money afterwards if we go back to my example as i went to headquarters when i got to sit down with these people I made sure to recall what the question was before anything else. I gave them a brief context, and I asked the question directly. And then we would engage in active discourse, searching for answers and insight. So the tone of my meetings was not really to engage in decision-making, but rather listening to their stories, see what they had to say and how they felt about each particular scenario, depending on the question that I did throw at them. The result was very satisfactory and I was really pleased and excited to understand the real world and the stories that go along with it. It's a very different thing to live experiences on your own versus understanding other people's circumstances which may determine or not the very same outcome if it were you or them. The third and last stage is recollection and follow-up. When everyone in the meeting has left, it is your job as the leader and host of the meeting to recollect every single decision that was made, every piece of feedback that you got from your colleagues and follow up on those decisions or on those stories you got from them. After all, if there's nothing to follow up after a meeting, then what was the point of the meeting in the first place? Was it not productive at all? So you wanna grab your laptop or pen and paper actually during the meeting or maybe you want to record the meeting so you can recollect your thoughts afterwards with more precision in either way it's a good idea to keep track of what's being said write it down or record it and keep track of every decision every piece of valuable information for later you might want to write stuff down in a wiki you might want to communicate to your supervisor or your leader about decisions that you've made anything goes as long as you draw value out of the meeting there needs to be a clear difference between before the meeting was held and after it if the draw out of the meeting is neutral or negative then i advise you to rethink your strategy there's no point in holding a 30 minute meeting just so you can talk from top to bottom without any sort of interaction with your fellow colleagues I'm actually going to segue into that with some tips that I think should be valuable for you. These are my own experiences. I've lived these circumstances on my own and I drew these conclusions and they are indeed valuable to me. When I host my meetings, I always take these into account. So let's start with tip number one out of six. If you're holding stand-ups like most software teams do, cultivate the idea of being short and sweet. Don't ramble around. The idea of a stand-up is to actually stand-up, hence the name. In one to two minutes, you explain what you did before, what you're going to do next, and if you need help. If there's any blockers or bottlenecks or someone needs to help you out. You don't need to waste a lot of time on context. That's not the point. People just want to get to know what it is that you've accomplished. What value did you generate out of your work? and what value you need to generate afterwards and if someone can contribute. That's it, that's the whole point of the standup. However, you might feel like you need to go over some details. Maybe expand a little bit on them, but focus on being short. Ask your leader if you can talk about it later, if you can schedule some other time and avoid everyone just standing and waiting for the meeting to end. Unless they're actively contributing to that question, then it's not valuable to ramble into details. Tip number two, and this relates to brainstorming sessions. These sessions are really good if you want to draw some creative output. However, these might go really astray if you don't get a hold of the situation. Brainstorming sessions need to have a purpose and they need to have a general direction. Same thing goes for general meetings. They need to have structure prepare the meeting beforehand, send a clear direction to everyone in advance so they can structure the creative process ahead of time, prepare some ideas already so it's not really like you're going into the session empty-handed. Have some cards on your deck and be ready to shovel them out as soon as you get into the meeting. Since brainstorming sessions tend to be slightly longer than usual, it's a good idea to fuel them up with food and water preferably. Don't really bring sodas into it, it's not a good idea. So water and light snacks are perfect. Also one very important thing, if you want to drive engagement from everybody, be sure to keep a positive stance for every single input that's drawn out from each and everyone. If you keep shutting people's ideas down, they're not going to want to engage any further. They're going to clamp themselves in and that's not what you want out of a session. Tip number three is, I actually brought this up before, but I'm gonna reiterate very shortly. Question yourself if you really need to host that meeting. Particularly, do you need to make an announcement? Well, if you do, and if it's not really necessary that people intervene in that announcement, then publish a written piece, a blog post, or a wiki entry, something that everyone can read up beforehand without distractions, or at least without doing anything. But then you ask yourself, well, I want people to ask things about the announcement. Well, why not do an AMA or something? Host a meeting just for the questions. Assume that people have read your announcement and then invite them to ask questions, either asynchronously or during a proper meeting. It is a difference between a meeting taking 90 minutes or 10 to 15, it's huge. Tip number four, at the end of the meeting, Recall the decisions that you've made as a team. This is very important because it engages people when they leave. So think of it as an uplifting move. It reminds people that they were productive. And therefore, they're going to be much more active in pursuing the decisions that you made with clarity and with drive. Tip number five. A call is not really a meeting. I mean, if you're calling one-on-one or having a conversation directly with two people, that's not really a meeting. Still, you might wanna consider preparing for it if you need to accommodate such an interaction. If the conversation that you're having requires either part to invest time in preparing for it, then it's a good idea to book time for it. Not really a meeting, it's not that formal, just keep it light and casual. And tip number six, this is spread out throughout the entire internet. Don't use PowerPoint, or at least don't use PowerPoint like you're using a word processor. Don't shove content into it. They're supposed to be a supportive medium, but not the entire presentation. You are the presentation. You are the target that people are listening to. They're not there to watch slides. They can do that another time. Prepare yourself. Don't rely on slides heavily. Use them sparingly. These tips, albeit very short and sweet, are going to give you valuable returns. Focus on preparing the meeting, make yourself comfortable, and just make the situation light. Meetings are not supposed to be huge ceremonies, so just kick back a little bit. Thanks for listening to this episode on Productive Meetings. Stay tuned for more at josemoda.net slash podcast. You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. If you have any feedback, drop me an email at podcast at josemoda.net. I'll talk to you soon.